Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. I like to play a game with my girls, and it's the Would You Rather game. It's the Would You Rather game. And it kind of ranges just depending on what I'm thinking about or what's going on. But, you know, would you rather eat snails or worms? Uh, Would you rather be stuck on the moon or stuck on Mars? Would you rather be stuck on an island with your mom or your dad? That's always one that... It's fun to have them answer, and usually I am voted off the island. But isn't life really one big game of would you rather? That's what I want to talk about this morning, would you rather. In our current reality with the COVID-19, our ability to choose has been severely limited But even within this framework, we find that life is really the sum total of choices, choices that impact everything in our life. I would suggest today that while much uh, is outside of our control right now, the next five to ten years and beyond of our life, if we should live or if the Lord doesn't return before then, our life is going to be severely impacted by the choices we make right now in the next five to ten years. How are we handling our time? How are we handling our money? How are we handling our relationships? How are we handling our spiritual lives? Choices that we have every day, even in a limited set of choices, the choices we make today will last a long time. I find the would-you-rather game early in Scripture. You can point to a lot of stories, but I want to point out a story in particular. With the children of Israel, they had a pretty big would-you-rather moment when God was bringing them out of the captivity of Egypt. And let's recap what happened in that exodus. God used the heart of Moses to challenge the Egyptian leader, Pharaoh, to let the children of Israel leave from Egypt. But Pharaoh would not let them go. As many times as Moses tried to convince Pharaoh to let them go, Moses could not convince him. And so God would bring plagues to the Egyptians. And with each plague, Pharaoh would agree to let them go only to change his mind. This went on over and over and over again. And During these plagues, though, God would protect the children of Israel. The plagues wouldn't touch them. And finally, on the 10th plague, 
God said he was going to bring about the plague of death on the firstborn of every family. However, this time God told the children of Israel that they would need to participate if they would be spared from this plague. And so we pick up this account in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. And so God tells them that I'm going to change some things. I'm going to uh, create this scenario where I'm going to change the calendar. I'm going to change everything. And I cannot overstate the desire of God to give you a new beginning. It is the longing of God to see that you are able to find freedom in your life. Just like the children of Israel were on a quest to find freedom from the hand of the oppressor, this is God's intention for you and I. And God can reset the calendar in our lives. God instituted a new beginning for his people. He said, I'm going to start the calendar over. And this month, when this happens, this is going to be the beginning of months. He said, I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to give you a new start. I'm going to hit the reset button. And I'm going to give you a way of escape out of the land of crippling bondage. And so then he continues, and he says, speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, on the 10th of this month, this new month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. He says, your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, you may may take it from the sheep or from the goats. So here is what he's saying, that... I'm going to require you to take a lamb, but it's going to be your choice. You get to choose what this lamb is and what it looks like. Now, I've, I've told you that you need to take a lamb without blemish, but you have the choice now where you can take a lamb that has a blemish, a lamb that's marred, a lamb that is defective. But on the 10th of the month, I'm going to have you take a lamb. And if you're going to survive what's coming, it has to be a lamb without blemish. And he says then in the next verse, now you shall keep it, the lamb, until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Now remember, they chose the lamb on the 10th day 
They're going to kill the lamb on the 14th day. The lamb is going to be in close proximity to them for five days on the 10th, the 11th, the 12th, 13th, and 14th. It's going to be with them for five days. They're going to watch it. They're going to monitor it, make sure that it is what they think it is, a lamb without blemish. And so he says, then on that 14th day, five days after you've chosen the lamb, it is to be killed at the threshold of the door of the house, and everybody's going to do it at the same time. Then verse 7, it tells us that they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. God said, what I'm wanting you to do is when you kill this lamb, I want you to put it on the outside of the door to mark your door as one that has the blood of a lamb without blemish. It's not for you to necessarily look at because it's going to be on the outside of the door. But I will know that there, that this house is set apart because the blood of the lamb without blemish is on the door. And God said, what I'm looking for is this blood of a lamb without blemish. Now you can, again, you can choose the blood of a blemished lamb. You have that choice in this moment. But God said, that's not what I'm looking for, and that's not what's going to keep you from what's coming. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 8, it says, Then shall you eat the flesh on that night and roast it in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it raw nor boiled at all with the water, but roast it in fire, its head with its legs and its, its entrails. And you shall let none of it remain until morning. And what remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. Then God said, and thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, so you shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He says you're to consume the lamb. You're to consume the lamb for sustenance because you must be ready to go where I'm asking you to go. I'm going to set you free. And he says this is the Lord's Passover. He says in verse 12, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And he says in verse 13, now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. I will bypass you. I won't let the plague fall 
on you. When you have the blood applied to your life, death no longer has dominion. And we understand this in a scriptural contest of speaking about Jesus, that when his blood is upon us, that the death has no more dominion. In verse 14, so this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance, an everlasting ordinance. And what us as Christians understand is that this Passover lamb, which was meant to be without spot or blemish, was not just a feast for the Jewish people, but it was a very clear picture and the reality of how God would rescue humanity from their sins. Now remember the picture, the lamb was chosen on the 10th day of the first month. The lamb was slain on the 14th day of the first month. Remember that. Now, when Jesus came to earth, he walked among humanity for 30 years. Then he started his ministry, and for three and a half years, he ministered to people. And as the story tells of Jesus, when he comes to those fine, that final week of his life, the scripture gives us a description about those days that is very important. And I want to look at it. It will begin in John chapter 12. John chapter 12 tells us, then six days before the Passover, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with him. And then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Remember, Jesus shows up in this environment six Days before Passover. John tells us that. But later, just a few passages later, in John chapter 12, verse 12, it says the next day. That's not six days. Now it's five days before Passover. The next day, five days before Passover, a great multitude that had come to the feast What was the feast? The day that they would be choosing the lamb. Says when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. So here it was, five days before Passover, and Jesus comes towards 
Jerusalem. And those who had gathered, they were feasting. They were grabbing the lambs. They were looking for the lambs without blemish. They were going about trying to find that lamb that they would have in their possession for five days. And here Jesus shows up. And when they see him, they say, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What were they doing? They were recognizing that while they were searching on that day for a lamb without blemish, they had actually come in contact with the real lamb of God. And so they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And today we celebrate this story with a designated Sunday we call Palm Sunday. It's the day that Jesus came into Jerusalem and they worshiped him with palm branches. But this day was on the 10th day of the first month, five days before Passover. And here comes Jesus riding on a colt. I submit and I propose today That the people who saw him coming made a choice on that day. They chose to worship him. They chose to give him adoration and praise. They welcomed him. And I submit that on this day, they were choosing a lamb for Passover. But they were not just choosing an ordinary lamb without blemish for Passover. But they were choosing a lamb for the salvation of mankind. But I would also propose that not everyone chose this lamb. It would be the religious rulers, the ones who would have the most knowledge about the Passover lamb. They would actually choose a lamb that was blemished rather than spotless. They would choose a weak ruler named Pilate to help them protect their way of life. They would choose a corrupt Roman government to rescue them from their perceived threat. They chose a dishonorable disciple named Judas to help them alleviate the uh, uh, headache of the moment. And in a game of Passover, would you rather, the religious rulers chose a murderous criminal over the innocent Christ. John recorded the words of Pilate when, John, when Pilate said, but you have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Pilate says, you've got something. You've got a game of would you rather, and I've got to release somebody to you. And so Matthew tells us that Pilate said, whom do you want me to release? Do you want me to release Barabbas, or do you want me to release Jesus, who is called Christ? And the reason he said that is the scripture says, for he knew that they envied him over, had handed him over because of envy. They they did this game of would you rather with Jesus because they were concerned about their little world. And herein lies the reality anytime our way of life is threatened. I tell you today that you will choose something to rescue you. 
You will look to something and someone to rescue you. Humanity will always have systems that seemingly provide a way of escape. It will always create something that seems better. But what I am proposing today is that there's only really one way to be saved. There's only one way to really be saved from this life, and it's the real lamb without spot and blemish. It's Jesus, the only real lamb that can rescue you. It's a lamb that not just pushes back death, but a lamb that would defeat death. First Corinthians chapter five, Paul said, therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened. For indeed Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. And anyone who makes the choice to accept him as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, I know will find deliverance from the bondage of sin and the consequences of sin, which is death. That's what they were working on at Passover when they grabbed that lamb and they brought it close and for five days they held it. I'm encouraging somebody to choose wisely today. Choose the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. First Peter 1.18 says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But what were you redeemed with? With the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. I have a very simple question as I come to a close today. What lamb will you choose? What lamb will you choose during this time of crisis? What will you choose during this time of restriction? Where is your protection coming from? Where is your deliverance coming from? Where is your hope coming from? Where is your wisdom coming from? What solution will you choose? Will it just be a defective lamb, the easiest lamb to grab, the one that makes the most sense? Or will it be a lamb without blemish? Will it be a defective lamb, a deformed lamb, a sick lamb? See, human solutions are defective solutions because they do not provide eternal answers. What is the solution to our problem? It's an answer without blemish. An answer that solves the eternal question. The writer of Hebrews said, For if the blood of bulls and goats, the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal Inheritance.
I don't know what's going to happen in the next few weeks and months and even years. But I understand today that my hope is in the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world. That's where I go to first. That's where I'm going from, for my healing, for my help, my hope. That's where I'm going. I'm choosing that lamb on this day. I'm choosing on this day when I'm not sure quite what's going on to say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When we repent of our sins, we acknowledge Jesus Christ as our solution. If you have never repented of your sins, or maybe you need to repent of your sins again, acknowledge Jesus Christ as the Savior of the world and say, God, I need you in my life. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Call out to him, cry out to him. And when we repent of our sins, we accept his blood as the protection from the consequence of sin. We put it on the door of our house when we're baptized in his name. We take on his name. We put the blood on the doorpost. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And the Bible says when we are baptized in Jesus' name, we are baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. The blood of Jesus is applied on our life. When we receive his spirit, we are set free from the yoke of sin and made alive in Christ. He releases us from the bondage of sin. And so I tell you today, there's a start over that you can have. Your calendar can be completely transformed because of Jesus Christ, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You can have a start over today. It can be the beginning of months. In 1922, Ray Miller wrote a poem that would later have music composed to it by George Beverly Shea. George Shea would sing a song at those Billy Graham crusades that I think still resonates with us today. It says, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hands. I'd rather have Jesus than vain applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than than lilies of rarest bloom. He's sweeter than honey from out of the comb. He's all of my hungering spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus, oh, let him lead than to be a king of the vast domain or to be held in sin's dread sway. Oh, I'd rather have Jesus than anything, anything this world affords. I don't know how you would answer, would you rather? But I would rather have Jesus today. I'd rather have the lamb without spot 
and blemish today. I'd rather have that blood applied to my life than any answer, than any solution that this world provides. I'm thankful for every solution that's being brought forth, but I understand the number one solution that's needed in my life is Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to pray for you in this moment. I'm going to pray that God would help you. God would strengthen you and that you would have the courage to surrender everything to him today. Lord, we come to you in this moment. God, we need you. God, when our world is getting tossed to and fro, God, when our world that we know is is beginning to shrink and it's very uncomfortable, Lord, I'm praying that somebody would grab a hold of the lamb without spot and blemish today. I pray that somebody would reach to you and say, I'd rather have Jesus today than anything else because you're my peace, you're my hope, you're my answer. I can reach for everything the government gives and I can reach for everything that the medical community provides. But Lord, I'm going to reach first for you because you are the lamb without spot and blemish. You are the one who redeems my soul. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, Thanks for listening.